this is Emerson Griffin. You are listening to the Wobcast, hosted by Wobby. Keenum, fading, throws, touchdown! Kyle Rudolph, back on the field and in the end zone. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's another edition of the Wobcast. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, inside TCO Studios at Winter Park. Producer, co-host, Chris Corso is with me, and we welcome you back. A short week and a busy week, which means an early show before we hit the road and go to Green Bay. A lot to get to in today's show. It's jam-packed. It's Packer week. We're chasing the one seed, and we're trying to keep the two seed. How do you keep it all straight, Chrissy? Yeah, it's uh, this is an important game. Yeah, man. It doesn't mean anything for Green Bay, right? But it means a lot for us. Yes. So just looking at where we stand, um, the Vikings still sit in the number two seed behind the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are twelve and two after they just barely clipped the New York Giants. There, we were, we were hoping Eli was going to mm-hmm. lead the Giants over Philadelphia there, but uh, the the Eagles did find a way to win behind four touchdowns from Nick Foles. Um, Philly will close with home games against the Oakland Raiders and the Dallas Cowboys. We're hoping Dallas might be fighting for yeah. a playoff spot there in the last week. Um, Philly clinches the one seed with just one more win. So right. they just have to win one, one of those two games. So, so this is where your scoreboard watching has to go to the next level because – you know, you want the Eagles to not just lose this week because to get the one seed, you need the Eagles to go zero and two over the final two, and you got to go two, two and zero. Okay, yep. so not only do you want the Raiders to beat the Eagles, but you want Dallas to win this week yep. against Seattle because you want Dallas to going try. balls to the wall against the Eagles in the final week. So, like, you got to go next level on your scoreboard watching here. Um, when it comes to um, you know the Vikings, the Eagles, and then of course the Carolina Panthers, we have some Carolina Panthers business to get to as well. That's right. So this game also means a lot for us because we're trying to keep that two seed, which mm-hmm. gives us the bye going into the playoffs. Carolina beat Green Bay last week, which knocked out the Packers, but also means that Carolina is just one game behind, and they are one of the only teams in the NFC that holds the tiebreaker against the Vikings because they did beat us two weeks ago. Um, looking at Green Bay now, they are. This is the first time that the NFC North is not wrapped up before Week 17 mm-hmm. since 2012. It's the first time the NFC North is wrapped up. It is yeah. wrapped up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the first time that the NFC North is wrapped up. Well, yeah, because in 2016 we went into into Lambeau Field. That's right. In Week 17 and won won the thing. Yep. You know. So um, it's it's. Crazy. This division is just always. Yeah. It, it's pretty. Right that was a pretty wire. cool stat. Hey, this is a function partially of the NFL scheduling conference and division heavy games at the end of the season that's, and scheduling only division games in week 17. That That's part of what leads to this. So. Which is awesome for the league. That, yeah. That's that's great. And then another stat we came up came up with, which shows that the Packers have just been so, so, I mean, they're always in the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday will be only the third game in Mike McCarthy's tenure um, with the Packers that they're out of contention, and the first time they're out of contention since 2008, yeah. which was Aaron Rodgers' first season as a Green Bay Packer. So I, I hate to bring these stats it's impressive. up, but I, well, listen, I'm they're just gonna, good for this year. I'm so. just going to remind people, if the Vikings win this weekend, that yeah. will be our fourth win over Green Bay in the last five games. Yep. And it 
we've already won our second division title in the last three years. So I'm not. I'm just saying. It's been good for me since I've been no, here. I'm just saying. I, since I've been maybe here, maybe the tide's we've, turning. Past three years, it's been. I mean, we've been pretty good. They beat us one time at TCF, and we did lose. Um, in 2015, and we did lose last year mm-hmm. at Lambeau. Yeah, um, they can't beat us at home though. Right. The past two years, they cannot beat us at home. Oh, yeah. well, they don't and win at U.S. Bank Stadium. That's for that's sure. Just, that's U.S. Bank Stadium, happen. they have a tough time. Right. Um, okay, we have a lot to get to today. Pro Bowl rosters were announced. Know your enemy, and of course, fan mail coming up. But first, how about some Linval Joseph? We had a chance to sit down with Linval and talk with him about a bunch of stuff. We're going to play that interview for you right now. How hard is it to win a Super Bowl? It's very hard to win a Super Bowl. I mean, this is my eighth year. I won it a year or two, and I thought I was going to win it every year. So still chasing a dream to get number two, and I feel pretty good about it. Do you think it helps having that experience and bringing that experience to this team? And how do you think that's played into this season? I mean, I won it when I was young, but just from year two to year eight, and just paying attention to the preparation then to now, is we're, 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 we have a really good chance. We just got to take it one game at a time. Does this team feel like a Super Bowl winning team? This team feels like a very close team. And win a Super Bowl, you have to be a very, very close team, and we have all the tangibles for that. When you say you're a very close team, how about the defensive line group? Um, most guys, I, I've been here for four years, and... The guys I came with, they're still here, and we're, 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 we're friends, we're, we're colleagues, we, we just we do a lot of things together because we've been around each other for so long. Now that we've talked about the defensive line group, how about the defensive group in general? Four years ago, Mike Zimmer came, and he reached out, I guess, to me. I was the first part of his team, and he got some other key players, drafted very well. You have your stud linebackers, Anthony Barr, Eric Hendricks, we have the new rookie coming in, playing a very key role. And secondary, guys that he loved. He loved Xavier Rhodes. He loved Trey Waynes. He loved Harry Smith and Sandeo. Same guys that have been here three to four years. So we're a very together unit, meaning we don't let guys go. We keep what we have, and we just try to develop and get them better. A lot of people see you as the best at your position. What goes into your responsibility out on the field? Just just doing my job, and if somebody else is not doing theirs, if I have the opportunity to help them out, help them out. I mean, if everybody does their job, plays will come to you. And that's one thing that Coach always talked about, and just over the years, just seeing it. I do my job. Everybody else do their job. The running back runs in the middle. I make a play. Then there's game plan for me. Put two on me. Linebackers fill in the gap, they make a play. So it's complimentary football. Everybody do their job. Nobody try to do too much. And it's, just, it's tug of war. Who's going to make a big mistake? Do you have a thing that you prefer, whether it's stopping the run or sacking the quarterback? I love it all. Beyond the truth, is football. You have to stop the run. You have to get out the passer. And just making plays in general just makes it funner. Has Daniil Hunter became kind of a little brother to you? Um, Daniel was a young guy. I remember when I came in at 20, 21 years old, and I really have nobody to look up to. So when I came in as a rookie, I looked up to the guy we were drafted with. Like, we stayed together. So just coming into this new team and just showing everybody that, hey, I am 
I, I do work here, and I'm not here trying to take your job. I'm here to make you better. Just show guys that I am a leader, and I can. I will help you if you have any, any questions. I'm gonna give you the answer to it, and I just want everybody to know that you know. How's it been having the offense also being a lot better than it was last year? There we go. That's another reason why we started hot last year and we fell off last year because inconsistency with the offense. Well, this year we have a running game, we have a deep ball game, we have a short short ball game. We very versatile, and that's good because by having an offense like that, it keeps people all off balance, and that's a great thing, man. Case Keenum came in and he's on fire. Do you have a favorite play as a Viking? I mean, I feel like, wow, it's a good one. I mean, I play a lot of games here as a Viking, so every year is different. This year so far, I mean, the Redskins game was pretty good. I feel like I had a couple good plays in that. We won the game, and so far, the Vikings, I mean, that, the Redskins game is a big one. I like the Rams game a couple years ago. That still, still rings the bell. You know, everybody still talks about that. So. Speaking of ringing a bell and, and that Redskins game, what was it like putting a hit on someone like that? I mean, to, even though it looks like a big hit, it really wasn't a big hit, meaning like I didn't run 15 yards and we collide together. It just, he was light. He made, Tinu made a miss, and I had the opportunity to just throw my shoulder in there when he was off balance, and then it looks, looks very powerful. All right, last question. Who wins in a 40-yard dash, you or Riley Reef? What do you think? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Riley's a very good athlete. I have to give it to him. That's a good, that was a good pickup we did this offseason. I didn't get to talk about that, but the pickup this offseason on the offensive line, the running backs, even the receivers, like, those are key pickups for us. And everybody's doing, playing their part and doing their role. And we, we're, 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 I feel like we're very solid. Amazingly, Linval not a pro bowler, Chris. That is crazy. We're going to get to a little segment called Wabi is Burning mm. uh, coming up here yeah. in a little bit. So we're going to, I, I want to hear that from you. Okay. But I might have something to say. Yeah, you're going to have something to say. All right. Um, but we're going to look at the positives. And we had four Vikings announced to the Pro Bowl last night. Um, late last night, we, we announced that Anthony Barr. Everson Griffin, Xavier Rhodes, and Adam Thielen are all Pro Bowlers. Um, Adam Thielen, this will be his first Pro Bowl, which is just a spectacular story uh, so far. Thielen had over 1,000 yards this year, 1,191 to be exact, 83 receptions, which both rank second and third in the NFC respectively this mm-hmm. year. So that's just that's a great story. Yeah. Um... You know, and I don't think, you know, you've laid it out here. None of those guys making the Pro Bowl is a surprise. Um, some might say maybe Barr, but look, I mean, this is the third time Barr has been named there. So I guess, you know, people, maybe off of an impressive rookie season or something like that, people have recognized him. Yep. So I'm not even going to say that's a surprise. Um, you know, Xavier probably should have made it. The year before last year as well. Yep. Um, but then finally got his due recognition last year and got it again this year. Of course, the the Adam Thielen story is awesome. Um, and um, you know, Everson. Yeah, I mean, Everson, thirteen sacks. Who knows what he's going to finish with? I mean, at the end of the day, we're hoping none of these guys are playing in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, right? we want to be playing in the big game. We're going to be playing in the big bowl, exactly. the Super Bowl. 
But um, but yeah, cool honor for these guys to be because this is this is you know a function of how you are viewed by the rest of the league. Yeah, you know this is not a committee of NFL executives who get together and look at stats and yeah. and put the right guys in. This is your peers voting you in you know this is and the fans yeah th- this is a level of respect type of stuff so uh, you know the game is an exhibition game and we can talk about the problem with the actual game the pro bowl and all that that that's a different matter yeah being voted in you know is a sign of how how much you are or are not respected in the league in my view agreed agreed and we're gonna hear um how Adam Thielen was was respected, and here his reaction last night. He did a FaceTime interview with the NFL Network, um, just reacting to his first Pro Bowl. And uh, yeah, take a listen. So now let's welcome in the pride of those Mavericks, Adam Thielen, in the house right here on the Pro Bowl Players Revealed show. It's your first trip to the Pro Bowl, man. So what was your feeling like when you heard the news? Yeah, I mean it's obviously a tremendous accomplishment. Uh, uh, very excited, very proud. Um, but, uh, you know, we have a lot of work to do. You know, we have a lot of uh, two games left in the regular season and, and hopefully a big run in the playoffs. So uh, try not to think about it too much. But, yeah, what a, what a great uh, honor to, to be selected. Absolutely. Keeping things status quo up there in the land of 10,000 lakes. Now, Adam, 83 receptions for you this season. Before the campaign kicked off, what were some of the goals that you set for yourself as well as the team? Honestly, you know, I've never been a big fan of uh, setting, you know, statistical goals uh, just because so many things can go into that, uh, yeah. so many different factors. But uh, for me, honestly, it was just uh, uh, playing and being an every down wide receiver, uh, being able to uh, be out there for three downs and be able to block, catch, uh, do everything, be a well-rounded receiver. So um, obviously as, as a team, we want to we want to go a long ways as, as far as we can. And, and we checked off one of those boxes uh, the other day with uh, making the playoffs for sure now. Adam, when you talk about being an every-down receiver, it's no secret. Guys like Larry Fitzgerald and Julio Jones, they are every-down guys that you want on the field, every single offensive play. Now, it probably wasn't too long ago you were sitting on your college dorm watching these guys play, and now they're going to be your teammates down there in Orlando on January 28th. Uh, how's that feel like? Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. I mean, even seeing these guys on, on Sundays after the game, being able to uh, you know talk with them and and uh, guys that I looked up to and, and really uh, made me want to play this game at, at a high level. It's uh, it's pretty cool and it's pretty humbling. So I'm um, very fortunate to be uh, with those guys and, and be able to know those guys. We made mention of your alma mater at the very top of this interview, Adam. What would you say to some of the guys who may get overlooked, may not be blazing up the charts there when it comes to the draft, some of those unsung heroes? Well, I think uh, as long as you believe in yourself and uh, take it one day at a time, uh, you know, I, uh, one thing I never really did was is look too far ahead. Uh, I really just took it one day at a time. Never thought, hey, I'm going to be a pro bowler. I never thought, hey, I'm going to be an NFL wide receiver. I just kind of took it one day at a time, uh, tried to get better every day, and, and uh, let everything else kind of just play itself out. Make a quick case for your quarterback, Case Keenum, of course, out of the University of Houston, undrafted, another guy a little bit overlooked. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I think that's why we had such good chemistry because uh, we kind of both know where each other has come from. Uh, we both have a, a lot of people that have doubted us in the, in, over the years, and, uh, you know, he's just a great guy, a great teammate, a great leader, and, and a guy who's really, uh, you know, elevated this team to, um, you know, to, to a different level, and, and we're very thankful that he's on our side. Yeah, we're very thankful you could join us here on the Pro Bowl Players Revealed Show. Adam Thielen, he'll be making his first trip to the Pro Bowl January 28th down there in Orlando. Adam, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. No, I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. All right. Wabi is burning. Yeah. We've been trying to get this segment in 
Um, there hasn't been much to to be burning about. Well, yeah, we're winning every week. We're winning per, just right. about every week. So, but there is one thing to burn about, and that is the Vikings, who were not selected to the Pro Bowl. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers led the league with eight Pro Bowlers. Um, we had four. It could be argued that we should have eight. Mm-hmm. So, for the first segment of Wabi is burning this year, make your argument for what players were snubbed this year uh, going into the Pro Bowl. Okay. Well, the, the thing you have to remember when you are going to declare someone a snub, you know, is like, then who shouldn't have gone in? Because not everyone can make it. Yeah. There's only a certain number of spots. That's right. So, like, if you're going to say this guy was snubbed and he should be in, then you also have to say who should be out. These are calculated snubs we're right? making right I, now. I mean, so... You know, and we want to be careful here because we don't want to, um, you know, we're not trying to rip other players no. and, and take something away from another player. But, like, I'm going to I'm gonna look at two guys on our defense who you can legitimately argue are the best players in the NFL. At their position. At their position. Yeah. So, and I'm talking about Linval Joseph at defensive tackle. Find a better defensive tackle. We can make an argument. Mike Daniels, maybe. Um, Aaron Donald, I guess. And Gerald McCoy was was the other one that got in yeah. from the Buccaneers. But we're going to leave Linval out of the Pro Bowl? I mean, I promise you right now, if we got a bunch of offensive coordinators in this room and we started talking about, like, if you could never have to face this guy again, like, who who's number one on your list? I mean, Linval Joseph is on that list. I think it's it's Aaron Donald, McCoy, and and Joseph is who I would say are the three best. I mean, so for, for Linval to not make the Pro Bowl is ridiculous. Yeah. Okay? Same category, Harrison Smith. Absolutely. I, I mean, you're going to put together, I would imagine when the Associated Press does its all-pro team, I mean, Harrison Smith's going to be on that team. Yep. He's not in the Pro Bowl? I mean, Landon Collins, the safety on the two and fourteen. The let me repeat that: the two and fourteen New York Giants um, got into the Pro Bowl. And you look at just just the record of of the Vikings being eleven and three, and their starting safety, who is just a big part of that team. Um, I think that stat alone says that he should be there yeah. instead of Landon Collins. Well, but. Malcolm Jenkins, I'm fine with Landon Collins being in there, but Malcolm Jenkins over Harry then? I mean, no, no. The answer is no to that. It's not Malcolm Jenkins over Harrison Smith. I love it. Okay? Harrison Smith is better than Malcolm Jenkins. He's had a better season than Malcolm Jenkins, you know? Yeah. And the Eagles' defense is really good, and Malcolm Jenkins is really good. Yeah. But for Harrison Smith to not be in the Super Bowl is ridiculous. Eric Kendricks. I I mean. Yep. 125 tackles he has right now? He has he has he leads the team. He actually has more than Anthony Barr with 60 tackles so far. Um so I and, don't know, man. And, and just the player he's been in coverage. We saw it last week the way he's able to read the quarterback's eyes um when it looks like he's blitzing and he goes back and makes an interception there on Andy Dalton, which was probably the best play on defense of the year taking that to be a pick six there, showing off his athleticism. Just I, I'm just naming things that yeah. come to mind when you think of Eric Kendricks as a player. But All right. Finally, <laughs> Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Not a pro bowler? Yeah. I mean, come on. We're going to make an argument here in a little bit about making a case that Case I, is, is the MVP of the league. We're not talking about an all-pro or a pro bowler. We're talking about the MVP. Yeah. I, I can... 
Tom Brady's probably going to get it, unless the Patriots go 0-2 here down the stretch, whatever. But you can make an argument that's legitimate and that, like, on on these popular shows that are on TV with two talking heads arguing, you know, like Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp or Stephen yep. A. Smith and um, is it Max Kellerman? Yep. Yeah. Like, this is a one of them could take Tom Brady, another could take Case Keenum, and it'd be a good argument. That's for sure. And he's not in the Pro Bowl. For the NFC, three quarterbacks for the NFC. It's a Drew joke. Brees, um, Russell Wilson, and, Car- and Carson Wentz were the three. I mean, I, th- I don't I, think Wentz is going to be able to play in the game. He's not going to be able to play. So there's a good chance that Case could get and the nod. And that's fine. And he and and all the guys we named probably will end up being there as alt. Like guys are going to drop out, and so those guys are going to get in. But whatever, that they should be in right away. Forget the Pro Bowl, man. Kyle Rudolph too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Five touchdowns in the last four games. That's right. All right, we're going to move on. Get the pro ball out of here. We're going to move on to a making a case for case in the MVP race. Um, I was just looking at some of the stats of some of the top quarterbacks so far, Um, looking at Case Keenum, compared to Tom Brady, compared to Carson Wentz. Um, Case Keenum is in the MVP conversation, just as we said a little while ago. Um, Tom Brady, who is probably the the, the front runner here, eleven and three is his record, sixty seven point one completion percentage, four thousand one hundred sixty three yards, twenty eight touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Those yeah. are spectacular numbers, and they're the one seed in the AFC. So that's I mean, right. He he's the he's front the front runner. runner. Yeah, he's a heavy favorite. You look at Case Keenum, twelve starts, nine and three, so a few less starts. So he's he's a little bit behind Brady there. 67.9 completion percentage, which better. is better than Brady's. 3,200 yards uh, passing, so he's had a few few less games, so he's right there, right there in that respect. 20 touchdowns, eight touchdowns behind, like we said, a few games behind, and seven interceptions. So he's right there yeah. with Tom Brady. Yeah, he's listen. I mean, you got to give the the nod to Brady in the in the head to head matchup. Yep, no doubt. But I mean, it, it is. A debate. It's a, it's a debate? And I don't know. I mean, the last time the Patriots didn't have Brady for most of the season, they I think they won like 11 games. Yeah. So, like, I, I mean, we lost Bradford. If we went to head Keenum, we're, we're not winning. I don't think we're going to win 11 games without Keenum. You can't. I mean, who, who would we? I mean, right. yeah, it goes we're most We're signing a guy off the street or exactly. we're playing Slaughter. So that's whatever. I mean, we, we need to be in better moods. we got to move on to another topic. Because <laughs> right, we, yeah. we have to be in better moods. Yeah. We, we are the two seed in the NFC. Absolutely. We're nine-point favorites at stinking Lambeau Field, and everything is fine. Everything's and we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Everything's great. All right, so but, let's get to know the Packers a little better. Let's get to know the Packers. We're moving on to the Green Bay. <laughs> we're, just, we're just arguing for the Vikings' sake. Um, right. We want more credit. Right. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll look we'll look ahead at the Green Bay Packers who are out of contention as we said. The Vikings are 52-60-2 all time against the Packers. Um, a series that includes two playoff matchups which Minnesota is 1 and 1 against the Packers in the postseason. And a Vikings win would mean a season sweep for the Vikings against the Packers for the first time since 2009. So love it. Well, you gotta love it, and we're nine point favorites, so you gotta like our chances. Also, a win this weekend gives us a six and two road record on the season. The yeah. last time we were six and two or better on the road in a season, nineteen ninety eight Minnesota Vikings, who went wow. seven and one on the road along the way to a fifteen and one regular season. So, um, you know, 
Zimmer wants a tough team and a smart team, and tough and smart teams win on the road. Vikings could be 6-2 and two on the road if they win this game. And we've said the Vikings would be battle-tested going with this road-heavy um, second yeah. half of the season. Yeah. This is the kind of the cap of it all, going to a place where it's really tough to play. It is. And, and um, even without Rodgers, it's going to be tough to go in there and win. I'm, I'm not even just giving them lip service. I mean, it's going to be zero degrees. And you're going to have a team that is playing spoiler. They're not going to just roll over for you. For sure. And Hunley is like, you know, I battled my tail off for eight weeks trying to keep you guys alive. Yep. You know, and then I did that. And you guys start Rodgers over me at Carolina and you lose. And now you're just going to want me to walk back in there and play for you. Yeah. Like, how does Hunley feel? He's pissed off, probably. That's one of the first topics here. Aaron Rodgers is not playing um, he was sent to the injured reserve earlier this week so it will be Nick Hun- uh, Brett Hun- Brett Hunley yeah what is Nick Hunley some former Mets player or something yeah, I like think that? he's like some MLB player okay. of some sort but yeah. that comes to I guess it's just well the way you said it yeah, yeah. he's not a former Yankee because no. you would know that so no, no, he must no. be a Met player yep. or something All right. <laughs> Brett Hunley Packers backup um, made seven starts in Rogers absence and threw for 1500 yards Eight touchdowns and eight or eight interceptions in that time. So he uh, he's a run of the mill guy. Yeah, I, would say. I mean, the guys learn on the fly. I mean, yep. you, you know, he's sitting behind Rodgers for a few seasons, so obviously you benefit from that. But I mean, that was a really tall task for Hunley to come in there and try and keep the Packers alive, and he did it. Hunley he did, did it. He did. They, they won that. enough games to stay alive for Rodgers to come back. So um, you know, and Hunley did not have a good showing against the Vikings when he came in in the middle or at the beginning of the game when Rodgers got hurt. So Hunley's looking for revenge, man. I'm not shortchanging Hunley. Not in this game. There might be other areas of this team that you can shortchange going into the game, but not Hunley. Going to the defensive side of the ball, the Packers allowed 387 yards at Carolina in the loss. Um, Clay Matthews is always, obviously, the head of that defense Mm -hmm. at the linebacker position. 7.5 sacks this year. Linebacker Nick Perry also has seven sacks. Um, Demarius Randall leads the team with four interceptions this year, so they do have some playmakers there. They didn't force a turnover against Carolina last week, um, and they're 21st in points allowed per game. And 26th in yards allowed per game. So they're not having the the, no. the great season. You know, the that. Packers' defense, um, you know, with McCarthy and Rodgers, really a lot of times they get staked to a lead. You know, so they can go out and play a certain way knowing that they have a lead or knowing that if they give up a touchdown, 12's just going to come out and get it right back. That's a good you know? point. So that, you know, you play defense a little differently when you have that. Now they don't have that. And so there's a little more pressure on them. And I yep. think maybe they're that along with injuries, you know, they're starting to show a few cracks in the armor. So hopefully we can expose some of those. Looking at some of the weapons on offense, um, Randall Cobb had seven receptions last week for 84 yards. He's always been one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets. Devontae Adams had five receptions, 57 yards, and a touchdown. He was the target of a rough hit. Against yeah. Thomas Davis last yeah, week. By Thomas Davis. By yeah. Thomas mm-hmm. Davis, yep. And Thomas Davis got suspended for two games, by the way. Yeah, which... Seems a little stiff, but whatever. And and then I think Helps the NFL us. did did take the appeal, and I think it's only one game now. Oh, really? Okay, that's yeah. probably the right move. Yeah, so, I mean, it was a, yeah, it was a football play. We're not going to argue yeah. about a Packers hit, but... Yeah. Um, the Packers rank 18th in rushing yards this season with 107.7 yards per game. Um, Jamal Williams, rookie, and Aaron Jones, who, who also a rookie, also a rookie. We've talked about him this year. They're 
two guys who you definitely have to watch out for a big play. And Jordy Nelson, of course, has six touchdowns this year, so he's obviously always one of their big weapons. But I think Jason Spriggs got hurt along the offensive line in their game. Not sure about his status. Um, and, of course, Devontae Adams is still in concussion protocol. So a couple of guys who their status bears monitoring throughout the week. But Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson, that's a legit uh, duo at receiver. So... Um, like like we said, I mean the Packers are not just going to roll over and give us an easy win. You're going to have to go in there and beat them. Absolutely. And uh, they got a little, um, you know, they got a little playmaking ability to them with those two rookie runners and with Cobb and Jordy. So and if and if Devonte is cleared, you know, you got to worry about him as well. And if you remember, yep. in the first Vikings Packers game, who who was Xavier on? He was on Devonte. Devonte. Right? Yep. Yeah. Right. So obviously the Vikings respect Devonte Adams. That's right. All right. We're going on to the mailbag segment. Wabi has your answers. We have three questions here. Um, the first one's from John McGuire from Lone Pine, California. Um, Pat Elfline was a steal in the third round. His athleticism and toughness really helps in the running game. How far he gets down the field and blocks is a big reason the the O-line is so good this year. Plus, he's smart. He makes all the calls at the line of scrimmage. At first, when I heard he was going to be the starter, I was a little skeptical, but he has proven that he's well worth it and sorely missed when he's not in the lineup. Do you know how healthy he is heading into this game this week? I guess not really. I, I don't think anyone is truly healthy you know, right now, especially Pat Elfline, who's coming off an injury. But he was back in the lineup last week, and yep. the second play from scrimmage was a 28-yard screen pass to Latavius Murray, where Pat Elfline was out in front of everyone blocking. That's so, right. I mean, right out of the gate, you saw the difference that Pat Elfline can make for this offensive line. The offensive line did not play great at Carolina. They got Elfline back, and they got Remmers back, and voila, they played well. That's so, right. No coincidence. I think John from Lone Pine, California, is right on that Pat Elfline's a big deal for our offensive line. The next one from Lou Crichton. I don't have the stats to back this up, but I think that Viking safety Andrew Sandejo is having a great year. Your thoughts, Wabi? Yeah, I think that stats aren't really there to support this. I think what supports this is the fact that he knows this defense so well. He works really well and compliments Harrison Smith, the other safety. Yep. And, you know, I think Mike Zimmer can do more things when Sandejo is in the game because he knows that he can trust Sandejo with whatever task he asks of him. Absolutely. So I, I I think whenever you play with a backup, there are limitations now that you have to deal with and you have to pare down your strategy a little bit. And when Sandejo's in there, the whole playbook is open. So, you know, the Vikings have used free agency in the draft to bring safeties in here and to, and to put guys in there to compete with Sandejo. And every year, Sandejo just comes in and wins the job. And so I got a lot of respect for him for that reason. And he's been putting on some big hits this year, that's for sure. Just watching him yeah. fly around the field, he's been, sure. definitely been a guy who can – who can lay a big hit. Yep. Um, next, Jerry Provost. What a game. I haven't had the opportunity to make it to US, U.S. Bank Stadium yet, but I'm curious as to how our crowd noise compares to the likes of the Seahawks and the Chiefs. Wobby, you've been to all these places. Yeah. so. Well, he's named two that are super loud, Seattle and Kansas City. I mean, Arrowhead Stadium is... When that place is rocking, that is as loud as, as it gets, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's insanely loud in there um and seattle can get that way too but i i would put our building and our crowd and number one crowd noise in the top tier i mean it's kind of like um you know who's the best quarterback of all time you're gonna whittle it down to like four or five of them that you'll you'll debate about yep. you know tom brady and joe montana and um 
you know, Dan Marino or or Peyton Manning, like that the the US Bank Stadium and Vikings fans are in that top group with Seattle and Kansas City. You I know? Love it. And um it is so loud inside US Bank Stadium when things are rocking. And uh, hopefully that's what it's gonna be like during the divisional round weekend when we're hosting some team in the playoffs. It's gonna be loud in there. And I think this last game against Cincinnati, I I don't think it's ever been that loud. Yeah. I mean, you could probably argue a few games, but it was loud. Yeah. And a lot of fans actually stayed to watch the Packer game on the big screen. Afterwards, There was yeah. like a group of like 500 people on the concourse there just watching. Pretty cool. That was, that was really awesome. Yeah. So We're moving forward to the over-under segment. We have some special ones for you this week. This is, this is a fun one that I came up with this okay. week. Over-under, how many times will... PA, the voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, say he's loose on Sunday. So 1.5 times. That means there's got to be two big plays um, where someone breaks loose and scores a touchdown. So... I love it, man. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to get creative on these. I'm it, going under. You're going under. I think we're going to score, you know, I, I was just going to say a handful of touchdowns. That's a little ambitious. That's five touchdowns. I think we're going to score several touchdowns, like yeah. th- like three or, or maybe four. Um, but it's going to be zero degrees and super cold, and I think we're going to be physical and run the ball. So I think we might have more grinded out touchdowns than like the long explosive touchdowns. Yeah. So I'm going to go under. You're going to go under. How about I'm, you? I'm going over. Yes, I, think I love it. I think the running game, I think there's somebody who can break out in the running game. I think I remember last year the game that Adam Thielen had um, doing his little Lambo Yeah, he only lead. had like 220 receiving yards. That yeah. was uh, some game. I think that was like his coming out. I mean, he had a great year all of last year, but th- mm-hmm. that was where he really established himself um, against the, in a rivalry game. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I see Thielen breaking loose. I see... I see one of the running backs getting loose, whether it's Jarek or Latavius. So I'm going over there. All right. Love it. The next one is on Adam Thielen and the amount of receiving yards that he'll have in this game. Under over 65. It's, it's a little low. Um, I took into account the cold weather yeah. when we're going there. I don't know how much we're going to run the ball. So I went with 65 yards under over. I'm going over. You're going over. Yeah, I like this a lot. Um, I think it's a good number, but I think um, I don't think they're going to really be able to contain them. Yeah, and you know they're going to be like I said, we're going to run the ball a lot, hopefully, but they're going to be times third downs and stuff uh, where we need passing yards, and Thielen's going to be the guy, and they're not going to be able to guard him. Over. I'm going over too. All right, I see another big game out of Thielen at Lambeau Field. I think he's going to try to do what he did last year, and I'm going over. Well, I mean, you know, he's got he's got people close to him in his life who are Packers fans. And, like, it's got to be awesome for him to torch the Packers, to win the division, to go to Lambeau and win, you know, for that reason. I I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's got to be pretty cool. All All right, right, next. Three sacks for the Vikings defense. We've had high sack numbers every time we've played this team, whether it's Rodgers or Hundley. So under over 3.0 sacks. That's a a big number, and I'm going over. So that means I'm saying we're gonna have four. That's a lot of sacks. We're gonna get it though. I'm 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 being all positive again. I think this is gonna be a big game for the Vikings on defense and on offense. I'm going over just because, man. Every time we play the Packers, it seems like, especially in the cold weather. I think I think we'll we'll be attacking the quarterback. Awesome, man. Um, All right, good show. Good stuff, Chrissy. Hey, we heard from Linval Joseph, man. Yeah, that's all. I mean, that's he's, awesome. We we hear from him and then we support him when yeah. it comes to the Pro Bowl. So. so 
um, if you want to listen back to this Wobcast because you missed something or you got interrupted and you want to go back and listen to it or any other Wobcast we've had in the past along with all the other great Vikings content that we have, two ways you can do it. The Vikings app, of course, download that. You can get all of our stuff on demand. Um, the Wobcast is also on Vikings.com. And then uh, the other way is the Minnesota Vikings channel on the iHeartRadio app. So the Vikings and KFAN have teamed up to create the Vikings channel on the iHeartRadio app. So for all of you who like to listen to KFAN programming via the iHeartRadio app, now all you have to do is search Minnesota Vikings. Within that app, you will be sent to the Minnesota Vikings channel, and you'll get a bunch of really great content there as well. So that's going to do it for Chrissy and I. This edition of the Wobcast is over. We thank Linval Joseph for joining us. I thank Chris for doing a great job producing coordinating and co-hosting the show we thank you all for listening wishing you a merry christmas and happy holidays and reminding you that the vikings play on saturday this week that's right not sunday saturday night kickoff 7 30 ish central time on saturday night the game is on nbc so al michaels and chris collinsworth and our very own michelle tafoya will do the game but we encourage you to listen to the game all across the vikings radio network Paul Allen, Pete Bursich, Greg Coleman, and Ben Lieber will be freezing cold, but they will bring you the call. You can catch the game there as well. All right, hope you all have a great weekend. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Talk to you next week.